Hi guys, welcome back to the Second Breakfast Book Club. I am with hello. Maya. Hello, <laughs> hello in the background. <laughs> um, what is the month? What are we in? We're in <laughs> April. April. So it is April the tenth today. Yeah. So talking we're about talking about March, book. March book. Yes, yes. Which, which was Rebecca. I'm, ho- I'm holding up my cover, but you can't see it. But I'm holding. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, Rebecca by Daphne de, Mor- de Maurier. Maurier. De Maurier. Is she French? Mm, no, I think oh. she's just British. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, although, no, that would make sense considering the book is. <laughs> I think because in- it's set in England. <laughs> but her her last name is very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we read Rebecca in March. I did not finish it. I read exactly. <laughs> I read exactly sixty eight pages, but. Nice. Fun little moment. I annotated it, right? Because I like to annotate my book sometimes. See, that's a lot of effort. Yeah. So, yeah. And so it's like, I didn't finish the book because I didn't find either of the characters enjoyable. They were just both so annoying. Um, and the fact that I was annotating, I was just like, this is just so Mrs. much effort. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a few little fun little annotations I'll share later on um, <laughs> where I'm just roasting everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. just the first few pages the first what did you say like 68 seven pages? chapters yeah first six yeah, chapters nice. I was like mm, no yeah um, so this one what was our book before this uh was it um high fidelity oh uh, yes high fidelity so definitely a step <laughs> away from high fidelity yes um oh I can't remember when this book was written I feel like maybe well my edition's the 80th anniversary and I think that was like mm, five years ago so it should say in the 1930s, I think I'm pretty sure. Um, 1938. Yeah, there you go. So this is a 1930s like psychological thriller, which is a, genuinely a genre that I don't really read a lot. Like I don't can read you, a lot of thrillers or anything. Can you hear the lawnmower in the background? The ambient I cannot vibes. Hear it. Okay, because it <laughs> seems nice. very loud to me. But if anyone in the public <laughs> podcast listening can hear it, just like it's ambient. Okay. Australian ambience. Just classic, yeah. yeah. All right, yes, continue. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so thriller. Yeah. I don't usually read a lot of thrillers, let alone 1930s mm-hmm. thrillers. It's kind of like a slow burn thriller. Yes. It's not like there's not action every second, which I think is interesting and is something that I'm honestly interested in reading more of. I really liked Rebecca, the book. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, the person. <laughs> not so much questionable um <laughs> i have heard just like, that her other like um daphne de maurier's maurier's mm-hmm. other works are actually very good as well and i think they're kind of very similar that yeah similar people. vibes yep um, um i just i really did like this book um i liked it as a character study and i liked how it was unique in the sense that you know rebecca the titular character does not even appear in this story yeah. at all She's like a ghost. She's like, you know, haunting. Not really like, okay, there's not, I wish there was ghost stuff. Yeah. But there's not really it's any like ghost she's, stuff. She's, but it's, she's not an actual ghost, but her memory. Memory, yes. The character yes, exactly. Involved. Yeah, she's hanging around. Yeah. Like she's hard to forget. Um, so I think that's very interesting. Um, you know, the interplay between the characters, like the interaction between the characters. Um male and female roles like mm-hmm. in the 1930s it's yeah. interesting to look back on that well I mean it's still pretty relevant to yes. today yeah um and especially like, you know I mean? especially the roles of male and female in the way that it's done where it was like the female role of our main character changes because at the mm-hmm. beginning she's you know she's a paid companion so she's in the mm-hmm. lower class and then she goes into the higher class by marrying maxim so it's like right. you know just even that her female gender role changes mm-hmm. um yeah. and like that also contributes to the way her mind works and why the psychological side of it works so well because of mm-hmm. her social situation and the changes yeah. in that yeah. um agree yeah. yeah so it's and even the fact that she doesn't get a name she yes. does not get a name yeah Again, like insinuating that, yeah, she's either, you know, working for someone or she's someone's wife. She just gets called Mrs. De Winter, mm-hmm. which um, I love that that, like, because that name meant Rebecca initially yes. because Rebecca 
was Mrs. De Winter. And there's like that confusion in that, like, oh, what's my identity? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what she goes through. Yeah. Um, also, like, the concept of like women being pitted against women, like, it's like the conflict arises in this book between all the female characters. Yeah. So, you know, the new Mrs. De Winter, the nameless protagonist, mm-hmm. well, arguable protagonist (laughs) um is you know going against rebecca but also uh what's her name um starts with a d doesn't it mrs danvers danvers yeah again who she's like yeah a viper she's another woman yeah i love (laughs) it um she's crazy and then also mrs um van hooper hopper as well and hopper yeah beginning like she's a paid companion you know they're supposed to be companions and like of the same mind kind of like friends and yet they're still very very different and they really don't connect on any levels um which is an interesting concept Mm -hmm. um, to include Um, it's very modern in that sense I feel like yes it's not a lot I don't think anyone else could name a psychological thriller mystery where like the main character's female and the and the actual conflict comes from, you know, losing your sense of self mm-hmm. and also feeling like you're in competition with another woman. Yeah, um, who's, not even, who's not even alive. Who's not even alive, exactly. That's why it's very, like, whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, what a great descriptor. It's very <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but the thing, the thing about, you know, women against women and then, you know, this protagonist, her whole identity is tied to Rebecca and the way that she feels mm-hmm. like yes, against yes, Rebe- yes, yes, Rebecca. Yes, yes. But Rebecca's not there and it's literally all in her mind and it's only personified mm-hmm. through Mrs. Danvers. So it's like yep. she's in this fight against Rebecca through a different person. And, yes. like, that's also, like, an interesting way to view her relationship with it's, yeah this whole, you know, concept is that her and Mrs. Danvers are both fighting for a different side of Rebecca and it's like that's why they're pitted against each other yes and it's just, exactly yeah. yep this is spoilers for Rebecca by the way <laughs> every podcast um, is spoilers like let's yeah finish. every yeah exactly um yes I literally 100% agree with that that's a very good point mm-hmm. um and that's why yeah again I think it's very unique in that sense and I love that you know the author actually is female mm-hmm. usually there's you know there's a lot of older classics that are you know they might have a female protagonist but it's written by men you're kind of like oh how did they yeah especially (laughs) especially back then when everyone was like no men is this and female is that and there's no yeah so like how did any of these male writers back in the day understand anything that a female was going through and that's why I'm always shocked when I like if I read a book and it's like not by a woman and I really like the female yeah, characters like, and I'm like, oh. like hold up how do I relate <laughs> maybe that's maybe I shouldn't <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> just very interesting yeah <laughs> yeah overall very interesting yes. um there were there were times where I really couldn't put it down like I'm I'm a big fan of like psychological thriller yeah. movies so basically you know wherever the audience and the main character really doesn't know what's going on and they're like kind of confused they're like looking for clues about things mm-hmm. and I really felt that um like during reading like I was really like oh what's happening like what happened to Rebecca yeah. why is no one saying anything um my favorite scene would probably be when she went to the when they were holding the ball mm-hmm. and oh it's so good when they're holding the ball and they're supposed to dress up fancy dress. And Mrs. Danvers says to the new Mrs. DeWinter, so the, the main character, yeah. oh, why don't you wear the dress that's in this painting in this house in the house, which is already weird. Yeah. But... Yeah. Why would you dress up as a better ancestor? <laughs> it's like his yeah, it's like the the husband's yeah, like great grandma or something, or great aunt. Yeah. So odd. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's a great idea. And it's like this beautiful white dress. Like I could picture it. Yeah. Um, like a very old fashioned, well, like 1800s or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I'll get that made. So the new Mrs. De Winter gets it made. She's like, oh, I'm going to make such an entrance. And like the, the secondhand embarrassment that I got when she like walked out and everyone was like, what are you wearing? And it wasn't because like it was ugly or like weird. Oh, it, it was because yeah. it's like, 
Rebecca did, did it. it. I when I was reading, I was like, wait, was the painting a picture of Rebecca? <laughs> I oh, that would have been odd too. Like, yeah. That would have been. I'm kind of fits a yeah. little bit, but yeah, I you know she comes down there like Rebecca did that, and it was like the year before she yeah. literally wore that. Yeah. So that was like a whoa moment. Like it was just everything was hyped, like all the mo- emotions, everyone was just like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, it's so awful. Like she's trying to get away from like, yeah, the memory, the ghost of Rebecca. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to be so new and different. Mrs. Danvers, she would not yeah, let no. that happen. Also, if you dislike Mrs. Danvers the whole time, why would you take her opinion on what you should wear? <laughs> like, you know, she doesn't like She's you. so sneaky. Yeah. Yeah, I think she thought she was trying to make amends. Yeah, probably. I can't remember what happened exactly before that scene, but there were. I feel like there was a moment where she was like, "Oh, maybe she is trying to look out for me or like help mm-hmm. me a little bit." Um, but yeah, just that like idea of you know being intimidated by the like other women. That's very relevant to today, I guess. Yeah, and you know being oh, constantly like comparing yourself. Comparison, yeah. yes. Um, being skeptical mm-hmm. of other women yeah um especially you know the idea of like oh the new one's going to replace her mm-hmm. it's like you know you she Rebecca was irreplaceable like putting Rebecca on a pedestal making yeah. her seem like a god like that's what man Mrs Danvers role was that like she was obsessed with her yeah like obsessed or even just like the way that it's like oh she's irreplaceable but like as a wife to Maxim Mm. but the way that yes, you know she's like an accessory like, people aren't irreplaceable or not irreplaceable in a way that you know everyone is individual so of course you know mm-hmm. Rebecca is not irreplaceable as his first wife but to have a mm-hmm. second wife is a whole different experience and a whole different you know mm. venture in life like she's not replacing Rebecca she's adding something new to his life and it's yeah. like a new yeah, aspect exactly. of you know his journey and I'm just like you know He's not the same person he was when Rebecca was alive. So, of course, it's not going to mm-hmm. be a replica wife. Yeah. Like, it's a whole new yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what normal people would think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Except for Mrs. Ambers, who's psychotic. Ambers, who is. She's crazy. Yeah. Um, and she. Yeah, I do. I do love reading or like seeing like that kind of like obsession arc. Mm-hmm. Like, I find that very fascinating. Like, uh, that might sound weird, but it's just like very interesting to see it like play out. Like, yeah. what are the reasons like she's obsessed with her? Like, she was. Was it that she was her, did she look after her when she was younger? I think it was that she was like her personal maid when Rebecca came. Oh, Anthony, like the, right. you know how like, okay. So we mm-hmm. watched, we watched the Hitchcock movie yeah, and there was, a, we'll discuss Google, it later, yeah. but there was a scene, which I'm not sure if it was like dialogue in the book as well, but there was a scene where she said, um, your maid, like when is she coming kind of thing? And yeah, and that was Mrs. DeWinter yep. was like, oh, I don't have a personal maid. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a way to say basically like Mrs. Danvers, she came to Mandalay as Rebecca's personal mm-hmm. maid when she yeah. was first married. Um, yes. So I think, yeah, she like, she was the one who was constantly around Rebecca and constantly, you know, dressing her up, doing whatever for her. Yeah, brushing her hair. Yeah. That was another memorable scene. Yes. Like there's this part where the new Mrs. DeWinter is like kind of going nuts. She's like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like people who are just obsessed with Rebecca and they all hate me and Mrs. Danvers is like, you know, oh, she wants to go into the Rebecca's old quarters, like the West Wing or something, Um, which also I love that, like, concept, like just locking up like a whole whole side of a house. house. I'm like, yeah, and it's just pristine in there. I'm like, you know, you have a big house when you can do that. (laughs) Yeah, she goes, yeah, she goes in there and she's like, oh, what is this? And Mrs. Danvers is like, oh, she was so beautiful. Look at all her clothes. Look, touch yeah. them, feel them. And it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. And and she's like, look, look. She would have been. T- she was so tall and beautiful. Um, and she was so funny. She was above everyone. Like mm-hmm. Mrs. Danvers was like, she was a god. Yeah. Like she basically thought that. And she'd be like, look, I used to brush her hair every night. So it was kind of like, um, when I was reading, I didn't really think about like the the like kind of sapphic implications yeah, yeah. of that until like I kind of saw the movie and I rethought about like what was happening I was like oh yeah is this something like is it kind of like borderline love like but it is obsession like yeah, it's not it's obsessive love like I think you know there could be that sapphic reading um mm-hmm. to it but it's not like you know two lovers 
in a yeah no like, no, no it's, it's definitely like, that, yeah. like Mrs. Danvers becoming obsessed yeah and even like I'm not I'm surprised there wasn't like a scene or a section of the book where there was like a subplot of Mrs. Danvers being um like jealous of Maxim and because, ah, because yes. I mean obviously Mrs. Danvers knew that Rebecca was unfaithful but yeah. whether she was, you know, jealous of Maxim because he technically had the possession of Rebecca because mm. he was his wife, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So like, yes. I'm surprised that wasn't something that came up. I, no, I kind of felt that like throughout the book, I did feel like she just kind of hated Maxim. Maxim. Like she wasn't, and I, I think she might have mentioned yeah towards the end she was just like yeah Rebecca never loved you yeah. and stuff like yeah. that like um at the court the courthouse scene mm-hmm. as well like she was very anti-maxim which is <laughs> fair enough because maxim's kind of annoying sometimes he also that's another thing he also well. did murder her but like obviously Miss Danvers <laughs> didn't really know that yeah, but she's probably, annoying he's actually a murderer he as probably well. felt it you know that maxim you know had no love for rebecca yes, and so right. because she loved rebecca she thought oh you don't love rebecca so why would i be on your side yes exactly exactly kind of thing, so that's another point in the the story itself like you don't know the whole story like no Mrs. DeWinter well like in general just in life like the new Mrs. DeWinter thought that Max loved Rebecca everyone thought he loved her so much mm-hmm. and then he goes and says though I hated her she yeah. was awful she was she, she was, was cheating on yeah. me yeah and, uh, and the fact that rude. she wasn't just cheating on him with her cousin with her cousin like (laughs) what yikes yikes yeah and like on their well technically it's like on their property too like the beach Mm -hmm. the beach cottage um so that's another point and then the point of like maxim coming so yeah mr de winter Mm -hmm. the guy she main main girl marries um just coming in and being like literally no offense to the main girl but basically just seeing the first girl he's yes and grabbing her and saying hey you're gonna marry me yeah because <laughs> like I need to quickly like fix this um and the way he's not like well I mean it was different in the 1930s I guess like you, I feel like a lot of the time you probably married someone and then like yeah tried had, to like physical attraction to them yeah. or like pe- public displays of affection and stuff like that so he's very just like oh yes would you like to marry me yes and that's the thing I think um kind of prevented me from enjoying the beginning of the book and like moving forward with it was because mm-hmm. I had seen the 2020 movie like last year mm-hmm. um and at the beginning like Army Hammer as Maxim de Winter he was like very touchy very like you know all over yeah. all over Lily James Less, I, yeah, yeah we'll discuss that because um, yeah, I want to I, I, I have things to book, say I was reading the book after seeing that and going why the hell has Maxim got no emotional capacity at all like he's just <laughs> like yeah whatever you're gonna marry me or not um but then you know we watched the Hitchcock and mm-hmm. he was kind of like that at the beginning but then later mm-hmm. on in the movie he got more touchy-feely he was more yeah. like which makes sense darling. That, yeah yeah <laughs> and but, yeah it's yeah. like affectionate but in like a really a, really toned down yes, way in a very restricted kind of like best friend way <laughs> yeah yeah so. but yeah literally let's talk about the movies because so I had the experience of I had no idea what, what was gonna happen yeah I knew I'd actually heard of it um a long time like I didn't know it was a book I'd heard of the movie a long time ago mm-hmm. like the 1940 movie yeah. that's what it came out right yeah I think, I think so. so well in the 1940s mm-hmm. <laughs> um because it's like you know very highly regarded it's Hitchcock mm-hmm. who's a very famous um British director yeah so it's you know very high up on like my to watch list or whatever and then um yeah people like you know as I started watching booktube and stuff people talk about different books all the time mm-hmm. heard Rebecca was a book I was like oh very nice yeah would probably be interesting and then yeah the 2020 version came out obviously in 2020 um but I had not seen the movies before I'd read mm-hmm. the book so I was going in blind which was which is an probably experience. yeah then- no I think if I read the book without seeing the movie I might have been more excited to know what was going on but because mm-hmm. I I'd seen the movie I knew what was going on and the book the beginning of the book was just like very slow I was like yeah. what <laughs> see yeah I like that you think it was slow but when I was reading it I kind of thought it was like very cinematic yeah. so that's yeah, maybe the difference there, like I was thinking, oh, I can completely see how this would lend itself to cinema, mm-hmm. to a film 
um like yeah to see that visual visually I could completely see that and then the whole yeah the whole book is very like you know the descriptive words just really lend itself to like being able to see it so I think that's interesting yeah if you're not really used to reading in that type of way Mm -hmm. like I kind of think of that like well I mean when you read you kind of have a little movie yes honestly (laughs) um so I was like okay yeah I know this is yeah now I understand why they made this into a movie and I'm sure it's going to be good because I was liking it yeah um but yes you have you you've seen you watched the 2020 version yes so I did end up watching 2021 I had a lot of thoughts I so I watched that first before so we watched the Hitchcock one together Mm -hmm. Michaela, you watched 2020. 2020 in 2020, I think. You remember what you thought about it? I remember. Okay, so I remember thinking, yeah, this is interesting, whatever, that's nice. And no, it's a book. Mm-hmm. Seen it. And I wasn't blown away. I was like, yeah. okay, I don't have to read the book now. Like, I know what's going to happen because it's like, you know, it's a mystery. And mm-hmm. so I knew what was going to happen and I wasn't blown away by the movie. I was like, I'll never bother reading the book. But then I mm-hmm. saw the book this is specific edition at the bookstore I was like well beautiful cover. <laughs> gotta own that and I was like well now that I own it I should probably read it so yeah, yeah I remember thinking like the movie wasn't yeah anything wasn't to rave special. about yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of how I went in like my expectations were like that because I read a lot of reviews and they kind of were saying that they took away like the really cool things about the mm-hmm. book in the movie and like there were a lot of yeah so this is what is it it's army hammer lily and james. um lily james i thought lily james was really good mm-hmm. i really liked her performance genuinely army hammer was horrendous and i mean look <laughs> army hammer the person whoa we're just gonna leave that <laughs> i don't want to talk especially about that, because but... that all came to light after this movie so like it's yeah, yeah it's so, in the context of yeah, i don't this think movie. a lot of people watched it to be honest probably but he that was such a miscast like I can't believe that someone thought he would be good as that role he's not charismatic at all like as Maxim like because even though Maxim's like not affectionate he's, he's got to charm yeah. this girl this young girl yes. somehow. especially yeah especially like it was what a week she's thinks she's in love with him he proposes yeah. in the most unromantic way and she still <laughs> accepts him so uh, obviously there has to be something about him yeah. that just like pulls people in that's right. And he was so wooden. He was just like every other man I've ever. And, you know, it, I mean, like his his accent was a bit off-putting because he's American and he was British. I was like, oh, why don't you just cast a British actor? <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was just a terrible Yeah, and he, he's like around the same age as Lily James, whereas, yeah, you know, in the book like, he's at least the... 20 years older than. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's another thing. It's like the age difference. Like there's not, they look the same. Yeah. yeah and I don't know well if they did that because it was like, well, you know, we're in the 21st century. It's got to be more realistic for people our age to relate to. But, you know, it's taking away from the original story where that age gap probably wasn't as weird. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I- the age gap really lends itself to the way she reacts Mm-hmm. logically yeah. like you know she thinks he's so much better than her because she he's so much older and so much more experienced and world worldly where yeah. she's like constantly thinking oh I'm just a schoolgirl. I wish I was exactly older. Yes. I look more beautiful like it really um encapsulates the way she thinks yeah they're like the self-doubt yeah, yeah. so um agree and I know, and that was ta- that was one thing that was taken away. But yeah, he was just really terrible. Everyone else was like pretty good at their yeah. roles. Like, um, there was some nice cinematography. Like, it was a pretty looking movie. Mm-hmm. I loved the costumes and the sets were really beautiful. Like when they went into Rebecca's room, it was just yeah. gorgeous. That entire scene was amazing. Um, I can't remember Mrs. Danvers, the actress's name. She's was Mrs. Danvers older? She was great in the 2020. I think the- yes. So she was older, the which 90s. is kind of how I pictured her. Well, not when I say older, like not she. She was not like elderly. No, but, like, but she would have been at least you know like forty. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> she, um, yeah. So the cast. You said you liked oh. the um casting for the cousin. <laughs> The, oh yeah but, the, um sam well, riley who is sam riley the i thought he was too like good looking yeah he was too good looking 
because I just pictured the cousin being like really gross. gross. Yeah. But I mean, look, to be honest, it kind of makes sense if he was good looking because I guess Rebecca was beautiful and mm-hmm. like she's not going to settle. No, exactly. <laughs> even if it is a cousin. Um, <laughs> like, the actress who was uh, Mrs. Danvers in the 2020 was Kristen Scott Thomas. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. born in 1960. So she is currently 61. Would have been, yeah, she looked good for 61. Yeah, she would have been what, 59? Like 50s, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, I actually pictured her in the book a bit older. So okay. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's good. Whereas, um, yeah, the casting for Hitchcock's, she looked about like she's a early bit younger. 40, yeah, yeah. 20s. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, casting was good except for Army Hammer. That was just <laughs> terrible. Uh, and yeah, as you as you're talking about before, they were playing up like the PDA, like they were all over each other. Yes, there was and especially sex scenes yes, in this movie, especially at the beginning, um, yeah. where when they're on like holiday, the beach, and I'm pretty sure they have sex. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. And yeah. then it was like I read the book, and it was literally like that scene happened, but obviously no PDA, whatever. Mm. And she comes back to the room to Mrs. Van Hopper, and Mrs. Van Hopper, like sh- they reveal that they're engaged, whatever. And she goes, "Have you been doing anything you shouldn't be?" And clear conscious, our protagonist says no. <laughs> In the movie, mm. not clear conscious, she still says no. I'm mm. like, oh but you see that just doesn't make sense yeah and it's like that takes away from like the whole point is that he's kind of like ran he's yeah. like this random man who's like oh you yeah to marry me? doesn't actually you know he doubts herself be- yeah yes exactly she doubts herself because like he doesn't show that yeah like not even like a love, kiss on that- the cheek or anything like yeah. they literally don't e- i swear they don't even hold hands like in that in the book like mm. they don't they literally just companions like companion yeah. or acquaintances oh, yeah acquaintances they hang out for like a holiday for maybe a week mm-hmm. and he's like oh let's let's get married yeah let's get married that's out on tiktok <laughs> and especially uh there's the scene at the um beginning where they're going on a drive um mm-hmm. as they're becoming acquaintance and they end up on a cliff and it was like this was the first scene in the hitchcock movie so they switched it around a little bit but they were driving on a cliff and maxim's standing on the edge of the cliff like not even he's like completely unaware of what's going on mm. and she says something and he kind of like pulls him back into reality and she like she has the line of thought along the lines of oh he's like completely forgotten that was even here I was like yes he doesn't actually care about you as a person right. it's just the like, idea he wants yeah he, he just wants another wife. someone there exactly to try and get rid of the thoughts of Rebecca yes um, exactly and it still doesn't work because he ends up on the crevice of a cliff <laughs> completely forgetting about her so yes yeah um yeah that's another point point. and like one of the big things I said as well was that the ending they changed um oh yes the ending of the book is so powerful like I literally was like whoa like it really um like the last couple pages made me enjoy it a lot more mm-hmm. like I think I gave like overall I gave the book like four and a half out of five um but I was kind of thinking about four because it was like it was slowing down a little bit in the middle but at the very end I was like this is this is amazing and they changed it in the 2020 movie like instead of ending the book okay yes this is literally spoiler for the last okay. page yes. of the book instead of ending the book like with the fire for the house like seeing mm-hmm. Andalee burn they end it with like maxim and the main girl like just hanging out like in a hotel room and being oh, like oh yes oh, yes we're gonna run we're running away like oh because like, you're amazing that <laughs> is actually the first chapter in the book so mm. 2020 movie changed it to that, the though. end rather than the start um whereas hitchcock no nah, that's not in there at all yeah, so good. you know it's like <laughs> each um version has done it differently in regards to the after of Mandalay, which is interesting um but yes I think I would have preferred it either at the beginning the way it is in the book or not at all the way it is in yeah, yeah. like it, it I didn't even remember it at the beginning I remember yeah you said it I was like I don't even remember that <laughs> chapter <laughs> I was like the literally that's how it was like last night I <laughs> that's how it starts I'm like uh, She's obviously not at Mandalay when she's dreaming of Mandalay. I do remember that line. Yes. Though, but I, don't, I feel like the first chapter, I 
I can't remember what happened. I was like listening to an audio book and it didn't. Yeah. It was like an abridged Wouldn't version, so it skips it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um. Um. But it's just for yeah, like and. Yes. Go. It, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that movie. Like okay, maybe if it didn't have to go up against the Hitchcock one, mm-hmm. people wouldn't have hated it as much. I mean, it's like look what happens in the book happens in the movie like I guess it's a good adaptation mm-hmm. in that sense it you know it doesn't really get the tone of the book right in my opinion but like because it's being compared to Hitchcock which I hadn't seen at that point but I just knew yeah was going to be amazing um so yes Hitchcock Hitchcock was good 1940 yeah, we watched fun. that last week it was great it was it was perfect it was actually perfect yeah. <laughs> and especially because it was like it really did make you feel uncomfortable in yes, certain situations yes. like my I'm thinking back to the scene where they're in the study or whatever and they're projecting the like little film and images uh, they did from their little honeymoon yeah. and you know they were talking about it and then it the conversation turned and he was like I'm not in love like what is love I don't know what love is and she's like but we're happy and she's like literally crying yeah like but we're happy and he's like I don't know what that is but if you're happy then you know let's just continue Uh, and it's like it's actually so upsetting yes it was that she is in this situation where she loves him but he doesn't love Mm -hmm. her back and she she can't leave yeah like she, she can't do anything about yeah. it exactly because she has so that family she mm-hmm. was poor before and that's and her she, whole identity she, now yeah she literally can't do anything more to make him love her because she thinks he's still in love with Rebecca damn and it's just exactly so, so true and they do it they do that so well like again that's another layer of the book that's like it's very it's portrayed very well mm-hmm. in the Hitchcock film so the it's Joan Fontaine and Lawrence Olivier and they're perfect yeah they're perfect yeah. Um, especially because it's like you can see the age difference as well like it's not as big yeah. as you would think in the book yeah but like it's still there a little bit yeah and I think they like they made his hair like darker they, or yeah they did a bit of gray yeah so it makes him <laughs> but and, he yeah, it's just good they he like Lawrence Olivier did it so well because it's like you're kind of supposed to like like they made Maxim very likable <laughs> like he made him very likable yeah. like I was like well I'd kind of fall for this man honestly <laughs> <laughs> But, but like, yeah, like, oh, if you're a young girl and this, like, attractive, attractive older man yeah. is, like, Who marry me, money, like, okay. Like, you know, he has security um, yeah. and he, you know, he doesn't say all he, the right things, but he kind of implies them and he's very charismatic. Yeah, yeah so um, very charismatic. Then a good enough, like, level, you know, wait, what am I trying to say? <laughs> but, like, also he has this estate that is, like, world-renowned or at least renowned mm-hmm. in the very popular like prominent circles of the british society like if that man asks you you to marry him like you yeah, say yes you gotta say yes yeah <laughs> um and joan fontaine yeah she was amazing as well mm-hmm. very like you can very much empathize with her like yes it, you really understand like you know the book is first person mm-hmm. and this movie is well, I was gonna say it doesn't have a voiceover, but at the beginning, does it have a voiceover? I think it might say the first. I think uh, it says the first few lines of the book. Yes, I think so. But also, like, even though it's like obviously movies aren't in first person because you're seeing everyone at the same time, mm-hmm. a lot of scenes are just her. So it's like it yeah. still feels like a first person. Yes, exactly. Because it's just her and no one else around, or her like her experience. Yeah, you very see from her perspective in a very large scale set and it's like her like this tiny little being and you're like Mm -hmm. yeah like that emphasizes the feeling of not knowing how the hell you're here why you're here who you are like it was Mm -hmm. just done very well yeah Yeah. and I know like yeah even if even though it was in black and white like I think black and white actually made it better I I actually really enjoyed it in black and white yeah but yeah you could tell like the costumes and the actual set itself like the Mandalay itself I love that setting like just yeah. big spooky house yeah. like I love that um very extravagant like you know over the top rich people mm-hmm. like they have too much yeah well they have enough house to still shut off a whole section and section, be able yeah. to live and then like the when they when she goes into Rebecca's room like it was like it looked exactly the same as the one in the 2020 version mm-hmm. which I loved that room so I was like oh this is cool I guess they kind of like took inspiration a little bit from it which yeah. I, I quite like because her room was very it's very like it was not what I was like I was expecting like when I was reading it 
um it's very like bright kind of yes. like light but it's like yeah. it's very like you go in there and you can just feel a presence the, the aura yeah. yeah like the kind of gross like oh stuff's left over like uh-huh. mrs danvers put her nightgown on the bed like she's gonna get dressed into yeah. it and oh in the what about in the 1940s version it's like a see-through oh yes like it's sheer? very very scandalous oh and the way that mrs danvers like thrusts it onto um, yes. her face and it's like feel it look at it it's see yes i was like lady <laughs> that was not crazy, appropriate but for just... this time setting <laughs> That was like that was like kind of jaw drop moment. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, it's a see through nightgown. <laughs> and it was like, like that's you know, crazy in the 1940s. Yes, like if it was in a more modern type of story, you'd be like, oh okay, she's a little, she's a little scandalous. Okay, whatever. In 1940, in a black and white film, mm-hmm. you can see through it. You're like, oh my goodness. And especially because like literally, Mrs. Danvers said look you can see my hand through it yes she said that and then she like runs to the doesn't she like run to the window after that she's like oh yeah that was like the last straw she was like oh god (laughs) oh goodness but and like that way that was when i the way that it was crazy in a sense because because at that point our protagonist thought rebecca and maxim were in love and so mm-hmm. the only person who would have been seeing Rebecca in that would have been Maxim. And so she's thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. She's so scandalous. Mm-hmm. And, like, how could I ever compare when really yeah. she's got this scandalous nightgown because she's actually having affairs with a bunch of other people. <laughs> it's not, like, because she's yeah. trying to be sexy for her husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Um, that, was, that was such a good moment. And, like, the music really, yeah, the score very much but that was like the moment where I was like oh Mrs. Danvers so you kind of <laughs> you kind of like to see through Nighty don't you because <laughs> like to think that she would have probably seen yes, her in that too yeah. honestly if she was like dressing her and like brushing her hair mm. anyway <laughs> she wouldn't have been opposed probably oh my goodness yeah yeah very very good well I mean good slash scary vibes from that movie I feel like I would like it even more re-watching it like yeah again it's kind of like a story where it is pretty slow burn like mm-hmm. there is a part in the middle of both like the movie and the book where it's just a little bit slow but it's like you know it gets there in the end yeah it really does yeah but yeah loved it and the more like we've spoken about it today like the more I want to continue but I'm just yeah. like but geez the beginning of the book oh my god I'm like can you be See, a little bit it. more interesting a little bit less annoying is is she still hanging out with Van Hopper um I think it was they've just gotten engaged so oh, this is see um, this is where it get, picks up the oh see the last thing I annotated was of course she said you know why he is marrying you don't you you haven't flattered yourself he's in love with you the fact is that empty <gasps> house got on his nerves to such an extent he nearly went off his head he admitted as much before you came into the room. He just can't go on living there alone. He's right. She's yeah. right. And so I was like, um, see, I believe this. I was like, Mrs. Van Hopper is like telling the truth because like, he doesn't care about her. Like as a person mm-hmm. specifically, he just wants someone. Yes. That's so. a very good annotation. Michaela. Keep, yeah. Find some other good ones. Yeah. Uh, let's have Do a look. Other good ones? I just tabbed, hang on, let me find a quote. I just tabbed a couple of quotes that really hit. There's one that's like. Oh, the, this one always. I, I annotated oh, where she um, threw, like, tore out the page um, in the poetry mm-hmm. book and threw it in the fire. I was mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ. She's that already was such obsessed. a good scene. She's already obsessed with Rebecca and she doesn't even have Mrs. Van, uh, Mrs. Danvers in her ear yet. Mrs. Danvers. I was like, this yeah, is going to go yeah. hectic. I just love the singular line of just. Beatrice who is Maxim's sister mm-hmm. was just like you see she said snapping the top and walking down the stairs you are so very different from Rebecca and that's after I think like they they just met maybe oh or maybe it's like when they m- talk to the grandma yes yeah, so that uh, grandma scene wasn't in the Hitchcock movie but there was a scene in the 2020 where grandma said something weird about Rebecca and she's like but I'm not Rebecca you know <laughs> yeah just that concept of like wow you're just so different to her comparing to her constantly and as well like that one scene where like in the book and 
it really hits in the Hitchcock movie when she's talking to Frank, who is Maxim's like accountant, yes. like worker. Yeah. And she's like, okay, okay, can you tell me? Yeah, like, like a really describe beautiful. Describe her to. No, she didn't even say really beautiful, didn't she? Did she, she just said, can you describe her to me? Or like something along the line. She didn't like say specifically Wait, like what she, she said, wanted to know. Re- was Rebecca truly beautiful or something? Actually, you know, you could be right. Well, at least in the movie, I think she just kind of said, can you, you know, describe it to me? Because it was like she had mm-hmm. asked a couple questions and she was like, well, oh, she goes, what was she like? Or something like mm-hmm. that. And he said she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen or something like that. Most beautiful like, creature. Creature there. I remember hearing creature. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, he liked her too. Everyone yes. was obsessed with her. Yeah. Except except Max. Except, except and fair enough, because he was the only one that really knew. Actually, but did Frank know that she was cheating? You know, probably. I feel like Frank. <laughs> he probably knew a lot. He probably but just kind of kept it to himself because he's like, oh, that's not really my business. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I loved that. Yeah, she had a connection to all the characters, the different characters. Yeah. What is that? What does that one oh, say? Oh, this was <laughs> the um, and yet you get married that I was telling you about earlier. Where he oh, says, yeah. where she goes, um, as he laughed like a mocking brother, I became silent, overwhelmed suddenly by the great gulf between us, and how his very kindness to me widened it, and I annotated, and yet you still get married. It's <laughs> like, how can you see him as like a brother? And, like, you can see the difference in age and the difference in, you know, just, like, mentality. And yet you're like, mm, I'll marry you. Um, oh, but my favourite annotation, I think, is um, at the end of Chapter 4, it says, an appalling tragedy, she was saying. The papers were full of it, of course. They say he never talks about it, never mentions her name. She was drowned, you know, in the bay near Manderley. And I, I highlighted that whole thing, but then I like extremely highlighted under she was drowned, you know, and I was like, because she was murdered, it wasn't that she, she drowned, you know, like she made mm-hmm. this, like the emphasis on she was drowned instead Who of said that? she drowned, Mrs. Van Hooper or Hopper. So I was just so, like, I just found it interesting that the line was. Is that kind of foreshadowing? Yeah. I was like, she was drowned, you know, instead of yeah. drowned, you know. Drowned, yeah. And yes. I was like, okay. is that trying to be a foreshadowing moment of someone killed her and drowned her? Um, mm. So, yeah. I was like, mm, I like that. And I wrote, um, I underlined was and said inclusion for foreshadowing. So mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Um, also? A point at the end of the book, the death, actually the death in the Hitchcock movie, I'm pretty sure is different to the one in the book and yes. the. In 2020 and, as well. Yeah. 2020. So in the Hitchcock movie, so this is something that I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. They still kind of pulled it off, but I was yeah. like, oh, they tried to make Maxim very empathetic mm-hmm. by instead of saying like, oh, he got the gun out. I'm pretty sure it was a gun. Yes. Yeah. He got the gun out and shot her. He he pushed her and she fell and hit her head and died. Yes. That's yeah. much what they said. It was basically, what happened and I think movie. it wasn't, I don't even think it was that she hit her head. I think it was that, you know, they had a bit of a struggle. She mm-hmm. was pushed or something and she mm-hmm. just kind of stumbled and collapsed. Yes. Like from yeah. like the cancer. But yes. spoilers. So it was like an accident. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't really. He didn't actually kill her. She her. just, yeah. it was at that point where they were struggling against each other that she collapsed and died. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the, the movie like, of 2020 oh, and in the book. 2020 in the book. Yeah. He shoots her. He shoots her. And it's like, she kind of is like, oh, go on, do it. Yeah. It's like she, she has the gun. She mm-hmm. pulls it out. She gives it to him and then kind of like positions it at her chest or whatever, at her stomach. And is like taunting him to kill her because yeah. she knows so, she's going to die soon from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't reveal that and makes Maxim think she's pregnant with mm-hmm. um, her cousin's yes. child um, <laughs> and says like, oh, yeah. you know, shoot me. Otherwise, everyone mm-hmm. will think that I'm pregnant with your child and, you know, he'll become your heir um, yes. and get your estate even though he's illegit- like an illegitimate child. Um, and so he shoots her because he's riled up 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, stuffs her yeah. body in a boat and drowns the boat. <laughs> I honestly think, yeah, that does change the characterization of, of Maxim a little it bit. It does, yeah. Um, because, like, when I was reading, I was like, oh, like, even though I guess, look, okay, I guess he had reason, and I'm putting this in, like, Quotations. quotation. Yeah, air quotes. He had reason to kill her, but it's like, no. No, yeah. <laughs> I still hate him. Like, he killed this woman and just wanted to dump her body. Yeah. Like, that's horrible that he did that. But then in the in Hitchcock, they're kind of like, oh, it was an accident. He just had to cover it up. Like, mm-hmm. oh, don't you feel bad for him? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do feel bad. <laughs> I was like, he's attractive and I feel bad for him. <laughs> so I think, but then it's like, again, it's like, people aren't just it's not like good or evil you know what yeah. I mean like they're literally you don't know the whole story mm-hmm. there's different sides to different people um, yeah and even the way like Maxim killed her and he didn't even like the reason he killed her wasn't even real you know like that just <laughs> yeah. adds like another layer of just like psychological thriller to it because it's like mm-hmm. she's manipulated him yes. into thinking you know obviously she's having all these affairs She's bound to get pregnant. She gets pregnant and then taunts him because she doesn't want to die from cancer. She kind of wants to go out on her own and she mm-hmm. wants to, you know, kind her of have terms, this yeah. taunt over him um, and she wants him to kill her so that it's not the cancer and she can continue to ruin his life. Yes, exactly, um, yes. She wanted to go out with a bang, yes, so to speak. yes. <laughs> um and i and literally and figuratively and literally that's what what she does like she dies (laughs) and yet her memory still haunts him she still remains and then affects you know his new relationship it affects everything he does everyone who works for him still thinks about it talks about everyone who know you know everyone she knew was like oh i loved her she was amazing Mm -hmm. so yeah exactly and then they talk about that they say like oh yeah she she really won in the end didn't yeah wow good stuff it's just a lot of a lot of stuff goes on yeah yeah but yeah very very enjoyable um yeah it might take a while to get through like it took me a while to get through but i feel like it's good payoff i i have had people who just not not the biggest fan like they're kind of just like yeah yeah it wasn't too bad so it really depends yeah i feel like you need to connect somehow yes i do really recommend the 1940 film Mm -hmm. especially if you don't watch a lot of black and white or no, yes movies. it was it was the second black and white movie i've seen mm-hmm. uh it was definitely better than the first the first metropolis, metropolis <laughs> um which is a silent film actually um see that's yeah that's a bit different yeah as well. it's a bit different as yeah. well but yes i found hitchcock a lot more enjoyable very very engaging and then yeah yeah there's like you know that stereotype of black and white films are boring and they're not interesting yeah but even the other thing, I just thought of it just then talking about Metropolis. Mm-hmm. The thing with the black and white films, you know, in our minds as like 21st century people, oh, you know, the 30s and whatever, they were very, everything has to be correct. Everything has to be prim and proper. But even in Metropolis, there was very scandalous scenes. And I'm just like, okay, maybe That's right, 20s yeah. and 30s was not as prim and proper as they yes. want us to think. And it depends on the filmmaker as well. And it depends on people making the film, yeah. like what kind of story they want to tell. Like if they're pushing the limits. Yes. Like I feel like, like a Metropolis maybe push the limits a little much. bit with the sheer nightgown. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that was just like one kind of way that Hitchcock did it. But even in Metropolis, there's a very, mm-hmm. very provocative scene. Mm. Um, and, you know, the message is that it's supposed to be provocative and kind of mm-hmm. symbolise the difference between the workers and the rich and whatever. But mm-hmm. it was just like she was barely wearing any clothes. She was dancing in a really weird way. <laughs> supposed to be, you know, sexy and enticing. But um, yeah, it just shows that, you know, our perception of what exactly. life was like back then yeah. is not really it's different. Real. Yeah. Um, it's like when I was I was watching like Safety Last, which is like I'm pretty sure from the 1920s, mm-hmm. Buster Keaton. Pretty sure it's Buster Keaton. Wait, no, maybe it's not Buster Keaton. Oh, hang on, let me just check. But it's like, it's like physical comedy, like slapstick. Yeah. Like I was laughing, and like you don't think you're like this is not going to be no. funny. Like they didn't have jokes in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, especially like you know these days we have memes galore and TikToks and stuff, and that's like our humor. And yet stuff from what like the 50 years ago, 100 years ago, like it's still funny. Yeah. Like 
Human it was Harold experience. Lloyd. It was not Buster Keaton. Harold Lloyd. Nice. I think. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Black and White movies are fun. Really recommend that mm-hmm. one. Uh, all right. Uh, this, well, I was going to say next month, but this it month. It is this I month. Guess. Yes. April. <laughs> it is this month. April's book is Secret Garden. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited as well because I'm very much in the Easter spirit. Like I feel like Easter, well, Easter is my favorite holiday, but I feel like the Easter spirit, (laughs) I try and invoke it a lot during the year. I'm like, let me, like I watch, I've watched Avatar The Last Airbender every year at Easter. And I'm like in the middle of the year, I'm like, maybe I'll just watch Avatar to pretend I'm at Easter holidays again. (laughs) Um, But yes, I very much enjoy the spring vibes, even though we're in autumn, like it's got the spring colors but it's like nice frosty air I'm like I'm so excited to read the secret garden because I feel like it'll very much fit the vibe of like naturey and spring Mm -hmm. and like pretty flowers but also be like a little a little chilly and dark yes so it is that is exactly that's exactly right so it's perfect for completely the right vibe yeah I have started it and like I honestly want to finish it like today or like tomorrow mm-hmm. um I have already cried <laughs> and that's you know but how it's not far actually... in are you are you over 50 percent I'm a, almost halfway okay I think. yeah and it's pro- quite a short book but I've I have we have the movie like the 1990s movie mm-hmm. I used to watch that movie so much as a kid so that's why like I'm hearing it, I'm like this is so beautiful like it's exactly like the movie and I mean look the movie might be trash like when I watch it again (laughs) like we'll probably watch it together it might be bad but like it's just bring back all this like nostalgia Mm -hmm. and it's so cute like oh I'm like I was like tearing up like just hearing how happy like the kids were like they were so cute I'm listening to an audiobook I was actually doing a puzzle that I need to finish yes it's not still finished because all the pieces left are just black completely black pieces um but I was listening to it doing that and the narrator not sure what her name is narrator is that what yeah say? yeah <laughs> she is amazing she's doing all the voices the yorkshire accent is very important for like the servants of the house mm-hmm. um oh it's just such beautiful vibes yeah. and yeah as you said like it's it's like there are a lot of cute moments but then it's like sometimes they'll say something and it's like so devastating yes like, i'm so like, excited oh. Yeah, like because especially I'm, I'm because, not gonna spoil like, I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> this vibe is like very much the vibe of books I love, like okay. Anna Green Gables. You know, it's all yeah. springy and happy, but then at the end, like I literally devastatingly cry yeah. my eyes out. <laughs> like I'm so excited for it, and the fact is, like I literally don't even know. I don't even know what happens in the narrative. Like I don't know the plot at all. The only experience mm-hmm. I've ever had with the Secret Garden is like the first chapter on an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Like that is it. <laughs> um and I'm like I'm so ready to read it that I've literally borrowed it like I work at a library I've borrowed it at work and it still hasn't come and I bought an edition for myself because I was like I want to earn it like I'm just I'm so ready I'm so ready <laughs> yes but obviously we will talk about that there's two yeah. movies that too so maybe we'll watch both the movies <laughs> um, I'm definitely gonna be re-watching 1990 the 1990s movie because oh so beautiful yeah. um but yeah, definitely we'll be talking about that more mm-hmm. next month. Mm-hmm. Don't want to actually talk. I'm, I'm like too excited. Like I want to talk about them and like, no, <laughs> can't do that. Yes. But yeah. But what book um, besides The Secret Garden are you reading or like just finished? Um, honestly, it's been a very slow reading month for me. Yeah. Well, I, what was, hang on, let me actually check. I oh, borrowed yeah, you, you um, this book. You can't, I, you can't see it. It's called <laughs> The Would Be Queen. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, is that supposed to be like would be queen? As in like she would be if there wasn't something in the way, you know, oh. like it's very, it's what's the word where like words sound like other words, you know, like it's just like, oh. Oh, yes. Oh, hidden meaning there. Um, No, but it's like, it's, I've only read 34 pages, um, but it's very exciting. Uh, it's basically like um, a fictitious, I'm going to say a British town because it's called, what is it called? It is called something weird, like all the British towns near rivers <laughs> where it's like, um, hold on. What genre is that? It's fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. Ah. Wait, that makes sense. It's literally about a queen. <laughs> <laughs> about um, a would-be queen. 
Oh my god. It's like oh it's <laughs> um strange ground by the ski. Like S K E A. Like you know how there's like a lot of British towns where it's like something on Avon or something by <laughs> blah blah blah. Like That's it's very like you know there's got to be a river in that town somewhere. Um, That's funny. So it's like I think it's like an alternate um there's two towns is what I'm kind of vibing with mm-hmm. because there's like our world where the main character is a librarian but his library is basically being demolished soon and it's not really in use mm-hmm. um, and he befriended kind of like this homeless old lady who um, in the first chapter is like she's the first chapter right and she kind of is escaping wolves like um mm-hmm. she's being chased because she's actually from this magical version of strange ground by ski um <laughs> and in that magical version of reality there's a queen an heir and then two princesses which is like the queen sisters and one has been locked in a tower for a couple of like 10 years or something and she's literally terrible like she's so mean um and she murders the, like Shrek. yeah she murders the queen <laughs> oh. um yeah so and I think I'm thinking the little homeless lady that dies in the first chapter is like related to the royal family somehow and that's how like this little librarian guy he befriends the homeless lady and then when she dies he kind of goes on a quest to find out why she died and then ends up in this magical realism version of his town like mm-hmm. that's where I'm thinking the vibes are going. Mm. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's quite it intricate. Also, it also the like fantasy version of the town reminds me of you remember how we watched um that Studio Ghibli cat movie? Yeah, the cat returns. Yeah, it reminds me of the cat town because there was like that tower and like a crazy oh, and I was yes. like, I just kind of keep picturing that town, like that little kingdom, cat kingdom. I can see that, I'm yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, last book I read was The Princess Bride. Oh, love I it. Loved. Yeah. yeah, it was it was beautiful. Very, so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and I never normally, like, will smile or laugh when actually just reading, reading a book. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't do that. But, like, there were so many times where I was like. <laughs> like, just. And you hadn't seen the like, movie before, had you? Uh, no, I had. Okay, so you. But it was only recently. Yeah. So I recently, like a couple months ago, watched the movie, which I'm so sorry. Like, it took me way too long to watch that movie. The movie was fantastic. The book was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would like the movie probably more on a rewatch. Who's your honestly. favorite character? Inigo. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I do. Lo- I know I love Fezzik as well. They kind of come packaged yes. together. Yes. And in. Um, <laughs> In the book, though, doesn't Fezzik and what's-his-name die? Or does Fezzik still live, but they actually no, do kill, like, the little guy that they're with? They're, they're fine. They're, okay. they're, they're all right. I just remember someone dying that doesn't die in the movie, and I was just like, oh, they actually actually killed him off. I think it was the... None um them die. <clears throat> wasn't it the, like, guy who got Inigo and Fezzik? Well, the, Sicilian, the Sicilian. No, okay. he did die in the movie. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. He was the bad one, though. Yep. But Fezzik and Inigo, my beautiful boys, they're so That's lovely. But I also love Wesley so much. Yes. Even <laughs> though he's like, you know, the way he treats Buttercup when he first gets her, I'm like, excuse <laughs> No, it's so funny, I'm please. Like, I'm like, oh, it's funny. Wesley, I love you, but also have a little respect. He's so mean to her, yeah. Um, But there were actually lines in that book where I was like tearing. I was like, this is so beautiful. And then they would say something really stupid. Yeah. And I'd be like, that's really funny. So I'd be like, oh, that's funny. But yeah, the movie's like that too. Yeah. So I really did like the tone. Yeah. It's just, very it's good. a comedy. It's great. Like a comedy on very fantasy. It's very entertaining. Yeah. I was just, it was a slow reading month. I just yeah. took my time with that one. Yeah. Fair enough. Do we I'm do pretty it. sure I read it in like two days because I was like really uh, yeah. into it. I was like, yeah. It was. Yeah, I feel like I could have done that, yeah. but I was just but yeah, like, no, you gotta it's very fast, yeah, fast moving. But I was just like, I don't know, yeah, swamped by like, well, not really swamped, <laughs> but just like uh, responsibilities of an adult life. Yeah, uh, I'm not. No, I didn't even have like much going on. I was well, just like, oh, I'm just not in the mood. Yeah. But now I'm like getting to Secret Garden. I know I'm like listening to an audiobook, which is a bit different, but I'm still like, oh yes, I love books, and <laughs> this is such a beautiful, beautiful book. Yep. So I'm so excited. Good. 
Yay. <laughs> well, I, I'm so excited. I reached 40 books at the start of April. That's literally insane. And I'm like, because my goal, right, my goal is to reach 50 by June or July, whichever is the sixth month. I can never tell. June, June, June. is July. Oh, was, June is yeah, so it was uh, my goal to read. Oh, wait, it's the end of June. June is the, well, it would be the end of June. Yes, so then because... I could read another 50 in the second half of the year and read 100 by the end of the year. Like, that's my goal. That's crazy. Um, so I'm already at 40 and I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, like I, I am living my best <laughs> life. I'm thriving. Yes, that's a good reading vibe. Yeah, yeah. and it's like I... I'm not reading because I feel like I have to. I'm reading because I'm really... You know, after getting this job in the library, like I'm really wanting to just get back into reading the way I did when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah. I'm actually having so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to get into that mood because I feel like yeah, I'm putting pressure on myself to like just keep just read as many as I can. But it's like no, just no. read what like, you feel like read you as many to. as yeah. you can if it's like that's the vibe. But if it's not the yeah. vibe, yeah, exactly. just read how how you feel you when want. you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just happen to feel it all the time and I'm not excited <laughs> about great, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Hope everyone else is having a good reading month yes. or just a chill reading month. Yeah. Just like we hope you're enjoying the book you are reading. Mm-hmm. And if not, the next book that you pick up hopefully is very <laughs> good. Um, but other other news, I think I might already watch Emma tonight because I just <laughs> am obsessed. Oh, I haven't. I Did I tell you I was doing an Emma painting? Yes, right? Last weekend? Yes. Yeah, I haven't done any more of that and I wanted to this weekend, but I was a bit busy. Um, but I'm doing a painting for Emma and I'm like, it's so cute. I have Mr. Knightley lying down from the mm-hmm. movie, just overcoming the motion. Best scene <laughs> in any regency. It's better than the hand flex in Pride and Prejudice. Don't oh, come at me. whoa. That's how I feel. That is a big hot take. That's crazy. <laughs> That's how that I is feel. actually really crazy, Michaela. Because <laughs> I like, I think, I don't know, I really like the Pride and Prejudice movie, mm-hmm. but I also really like Emma, the movie. And I like Emma, the story, like the book. I enjoyed Emma, the book, yeah, better than Pride better. and Prejudice. See, book. see, the thing with Pride but and Prejudice. But that hand flex, Michaela. Uh, the but hand see, flex. I, prefer, <laughs> I prefer the Pride and Prejudice BBC adaptation miniseries over the movie. Ah, there you so go. So the hand flex isn't actually as much for me as Colin yeah. Firth's wet shirt scene. <laughs> so it would be hey, for true. me between Colin Firth's wet shirt scene and Mr. Knightley. Emma there you go. Like, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> comes in enough. at a solid third out of those three. Sorry <laughs> to everyone who's obsessed with the movie. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You can have your own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so, I might rewatch that tonight because, okay, so have you watched Bridgerton? Because no, I, have I haven't. Not, my, but I feel my like mom it's very much have. my vibe. Like, I really. You would probably love it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you would like it. My dad. And my mom are watching your it. Your mom my and your dad. dad is watching it with her. I was like, because he's, he, I think it was when she put on the first season last year, he just happened to be sitting there <laughs> and he just never left whenever she continued. Dads like he was that, like, I, I need to be here to finish this. <laughs> and the reason I never watched it the first season, because the first season I was like, mm, this is like scandalous Regency vibes. Like they're having sex and they're not married. <laughs> I was like, that's not my Jane Austen vibe. But the, the TikToks I've seen from this new season, oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, even though. Wait, his, what's his name? What's that actor? I don't know. Did you ever, did you ever watch. Wait, did you have ABC3? Yes. You, yeah. Did you ever watch Leonardo? No. What is that? It was about young Leonardo da Vinci and it had that actor. Wait, the, yeah, the main like, actor from this season? The one, yeah, with like the, like the sideburns. Yeah. He was in it and I was obsessed with that show and oh. I loved him so much. Because everyone oh my everyone God. is obsessed with him, right? But he's actually gay in real life and it's literally devastating. <laughs> I'm like, you're so attractive. And this show, like oh my God, man. wait, let me, let me show you. And then there's another scene with one of the... Oh, wow. Oh, my. He's literally young Leonardo da Vinci. I was obsessed with this show. Um, Every time I came on, I was like, oh my God, I love oh. him. Was <laughs> it Australian? No. No, he, no, it was British. Okay. It was just so fun. Wait, Jonathan Bailey, is that his name? Maybe. Pretty sure that's him. Imagine it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, and then there's a scene that I keep seeing where it's like the Bridgerton sister and she's like, 
she's talking to some peasant boy I think I don't know he's not (laughs) noble and he like reads all these books and it's like I put them aside Mm. for you because I thought you'd like them I was like oh I was like oh Yes, Jonathan Bailey. Hey, Charlotte, Jonathan my Bailey. sister is really liking this season more, I think. She's liking yeah. the enemies to lovers. Yes, and I think also, like, their outfits were just a bit ridiculous last year. Like, their sideburns were just <laughs> crazy from what I've seen. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Um, but, yes, Jonathan Bailey is Anthony. He's gay in real life. Leonardo. So. A young Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> but he's No one remembers so that I need people to remember it. <laughs> Look at this man. I was there. I was there for Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this man. Come on. Yeah, he's he's cute. He's like the he's new. He cute. he looks like the new Orlando Bloom, doesn't he? My sister and I knew With that this mustache? ten years ago. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, he is thirty-three years old. Nice. He was born well, in 1988. Leonardo... Why is 1988 too early to be 33 in my head? You know, like, it's, like, too close. Like, you shouldn't be 33 if you were born in 1988. You should be younger. I want to watch Leonardo now. <laughs> also, like, Bridgerton is very, um, like, inclusive for Regency. Like, it's, like, there's a lot yeah. of different ethnic people and there's also obviously very racy scenes like it's very mm. it just it's a it's, modern show and puts it in yeah. agency costumes and I'm like whoa anachronistic um, yeah so they incorporate yeah modern ideas or mm-hmm. like yeah into a regency period and I think they actually did that like for costumes this this that's this season <laughs> yeah. this season because um yeah, they kind of just thought it would fit, like with hairstyle as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I have not watched the show, but it, I think you'd probably like it. Yeah. All right. I feel like we've been talking for yes, <laughs> so I'm long. A little, I'm a little hungry. Dinner um, <laughs> so. time. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hope everyone for has listening, guys. Yeah, I hope everyone has a beautiful month. Stay safe. Enjoy Easter. Eat a little chocolate. Enjoy Easter, or you know, if you have a break. Yeah. yeah, or if you don't celebrate, celebrate Easter, it, but like, still eat a, little... a lot of chocolate. Um, yeah, and just allowing do it anyway. that. Yeah. Okay. So. <gasps> yeah. Cool. Exactly. Okay. Bye. See you next month. See you next Bye. month. Bye.